What is up, everybody? Welcome back to Midway to Houston podcast. This is episode four. We are your host. I'm Mike Langford and my oh. homie. Drew Nelly. Mike Langford and Drew Nelly on this beautiful Wednesday. It's beautiful here. What, what's it like? Oh, no, it's pretty. Kentucky? Oh, yeah, it's pretty here too, man. Yeah, Very it's a beautiful nice. day. School's kind of starting back. Most most kids that I know are back in school. If they're not this week, for sure next week. So summertime's over, man. We're we're rolling right along through 2021. But yeah, uh, this does seem to be a lot faster year than last year, dude. Every year goes by faster. Like the older I get, the faster the yeah. time goes by. And and now that I'm a dad, it's it's like tenfold going by. <laughs> it's crazy, sure. man. It's just crazy. It but uh. What's been up with you, man? How you been? I know you said that uh, you thought you might have COVID. Yeah, dude. So I definitely have the vid, man. I, oh, I so sure you got caught, your results? I for sure caught a case, man. Yep, I definitely caught the vid. I, I spent all of last year avoiding it. I got tested probably 15 times, 20 times last year. Didn't have it, never got it. Thought I was some kind of superhero. Turns out I'm not. Uh-huh. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, yeah, man, caught the COVID and uh, just found out yesterday. So um, for everybody out there in in podcasting land, I'll tell you right now, I know COVID's politicized. I've politicized it myself, so I get it. Um, I'll tell you all right now, it's it's not fun. It's uh, it's not fun. (laughs) It sucks really bad. So, dude, props to you for, you know, powering through it and getting on the podcast. Uh, And you're vaxxed, correct? Didn't you tell me? I am. Yep. So I've had uh, the two series Moderna, Moderna. which, uh, you know, Moderna is definitely the one, you know, like Pfizer supposedly has uh, the no side effects. Moderna is like the uh, cheap, like Kroger knockoff brand <laughs> is of it? the shot. That's for the sure. I got was the Moderna. I put me yep. on my ass, man. That second one. Yes. Woo. Yes. Yes, dude. I woke up when I took that second series, I woke up about one o'clock in the morning and I felt like somebody had like strapped me to the bed and like beat my ass with a baseball bat for about 45 minutes. It was gnarly. It was gnarly. So this is supposedly, you know, it's funny because I I, I got so much to say about this, man. So it's funny, you know, I I called a bunch of people and and let them know. And the number one reaction when I told people I had COVID, what do you think it was? Are you vaccinated? No. No. How did you get COVID? I thought you had been vaccinated. That was the number one reaction. People could not understand, could not wrap their brains around, how did you get COVID if you've been vaccinated? To which so I was not paying attention because, the, I mean, that's why I asked people if they've been vaccinated and now I have like a mental tally going on of the people that's got it that weren't vaxxed versus the people that were vaxxed. And there's absolutely people vaxxed that got COVID. So they're, they're not paying attention. Yep. So many people could not believe. How is that possible? One person said, said, that's not how this works. You know, you could get a flu shot and still get the flu. Correct. That's how you're You're supposed to get a milder version of it. Like if you've been vaccinated and you catch COVID, it should not kill you. That is basically the thing. 
and you should be able to like, you know, power through it kind of like you're doing right now. Of course, you, yep. you said you lost your taste and smell. That's kind of a bummer. I thought at least the vaccination would like protect that, but I guess Dude, that, it does not. that is, that has actually, believe it or not, been the worst part about all of this. You know, the, the fever and the body chills and feeling like somebody ran you over with the truck, that all comes and goes. But yeah, the loss of taste and smell. In fact, when I went and got my test done uh, yesterday, the nurse that was standing there that was going to, you know, swab the my brain pan with that Q-tip thing, uh, she said, can you not taste or smell anything at all? Not even like anything? I said, nothing. And she goes, you have COVID. So obviously that's, that's like one of those things for everybody out there listening. If you're wondering if you have COVID, if you're curious, if you keep Googling all of your symptoms, I'll tell you right now, if you cannot taste or smell anything, I'm not a doctor or a medical professional, but I can almost guarantee you, you probably have COVID. Um, That's true. Those are facts right there. That's why like every day I uh, celebrate when I get up in the morning and I start taking my shower. Like if I can smell my body wash. I'm like another mm-hmm. day. I've survived another day. Another day, <laughs> another day without the. I, I haven't got the, it. Uh, luckily, I took an antibody test, and they said that I've never had it. Uh, so I've been blessed. But man, I hear it is that's no awesome. freaking joke. It's not fun, dude. And you know, like I said, with the whole losing smell and taste thing, dude. Like that's been a challenge because so uh, you know, dinner times, lunch times, breakfast, whatever. I can't taste anything. So when I'm eating food, I don't know if it's good or not. So my body and, and my mind, you know, your, your, your brain and your, your taste receptors and everything are all tied in together. So when you're eating something, if you keep eating it, it's because your brain is receiving that information going, hey, this tastes good, bro. Keep eating it. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm not getting any of that back. So when I'm eating at a, at a restaurant and I can't literally, I cannot taste anything. Everything tastes like, it's, it's so hard to describe this to people. I tried to describe it to my wife and I can't describe it. It's literally like it's not even like water you know how water has a taste it's not even like water it literally tastes like nothing and so i'm sitting here eating like gravy and mashed potatoes and i'm like i bet this is good but i wouldn't (laughs) know and i'm not sure when to start or stop eating it because i'm not getting any feedback from my meal and my body so it's i don't know if i'm going to lose a ton of weight or if i'm going to get fatter because you probably will lose weight, stuff. man. The people that I know that's had it, they, I mean, they're like, yeah. I might as well just eat healthy spinach, broccoli, grilled chicken. Cause sure. you know, I'm not getting any pleasure out of like good, exactly. good, delicious food. So pe- the people that I've known that's got it have lost a lot of weight. Like, uh, one of my buddies lost like 15 pounds. It was crazy. Well, he's, he basically started a healthy lifestyle from COVID but all in all. Yeah. He lost like 10, 15 pounds. Nice. Well, you know, it's a good, it's a new opportunity to, like you said, maybe, you know, I mean, hell dude, I know people, uh, there's a lady I know that's, that's had COVID and she lost her taste and smell and she hasn't gotten it back in almost a year. Whoa. Yeah. So in in that, in that instance, I would be like, that's a nightmare, but Hey, like you just said, you know, turn a negative into a positive. Yeah, you, you almost have to, man, the, or you're going to go yeah. crazy. Just start eating all the crap that you know tastes god-awful. Here's a funny little story. So <laughs> the wife and I were at uh, Walmart the other day, and they, I saw one of these little, like, quick-shot uh, immune system booster things. Mm-hmm. So it's got it's got turmeric in it, uh, black pepper, uh, something else that I couldn't pronounce in some other language and something else I couldn't pronounce in some other language. Anyway, it looked like it was like orange 
with like it almost looked like orange with like dirt and dust that someone collected from out in the parking lot. And, you know, it was probably it was just a little vial. It was like two bucks. And you're supposed to shake it up and just shoot the whole thing. And it's supposed to, you know, make you feel better. Well, I shot it because you know, why the hell not? Like, I can't taste anything. And Jill took hers and she was like, she almost threw up in the Walmart aisle because <laughs> she said that it was God awful. You're like, what? So, that was nothing. Yeah. I was like, I didn't taste anything. So, yeah, no, I'll you know, it, right. Take, turn a negative into a positive, man. Like, yeah. if that's what's happening in your life, hey, go eat all of those things that you know taste like shit because you're not going to know anyway. You're not going to so, know, God, man. I hope I don't have a year of this, man. That would that'd be really freaking weird to not be able to taste food for a year. Well, yeah, anyway, man, because, I mean, we still so. get pleasure from food, right? I mean, right. Our, our brain responds to delicious foods, and it brings people together. So to lose that for a year, that's an absolute nightmare. But you're right as far as turning it into a positive. Start eating healthy. That's one thing that I feel like the news, like, keeps skipping over is that, you know, really to combat this and get your body ready, you know, run, get your lungs and your heart in check, you know, get on a healthy diet, start drinking more water. It's when they talk about, it's all about the mask and vaccinations, but we're not talking enough about getting healthy. So I, I feel like yeah, if they would sure. put more of an emphasis on that, we'd probably be better off, but that's neither here nor Dude, there, Joe, man. I hope uh, Joe Rogan, Joe Rogan was screaming that since 2020, since, yeah. like since the beginning of 2020, right. he kept saying on his podcast over and over and over every episode, why is nobody telling you to take your vitamin D, your vitamin C, your zinc? Uh, zinc. Those three. Yeah. Why, why are, why are they not telling you to exercise all, like you said, all they keep pushing is stay inside and be a, a you know, a weirdo invalid and, you know, and, and, you know, they're not telling people to take care of yourself, yeah. which is, by, by the way, the easiest thing that, that the government could do because yeah. it literally requires nothing of them. You know what I mean? Yep. So, but yeah, That's great it, point. And, great and point. we know that it targets uh, obese people. I mean, it's like the most cases right. of death, they're uh, relating directly to being overweight. So it's like, come on, man. The, the telltale sign is right there. <laughs> you know, there's right. an elephant in the room that we're just for some reason, avoiding the uh, discussion altogether. But either way, man, I hope uh, you get through it and you don't lose your taste and smell for a year. Uh, most what I've heard is it comes back in about 30 to 40 days, which is still a, a bummer, but it'll make you appreciate some good food. I mean, when for you sure. go 30, 40 days and you can't taste and finally you can taste like a good steak or you know, some yeah. ribs and some pasta, like, oh, man, you're going to be in hog heaven. Tear it up, dude. Tear it up. Yeah, man. So, you know, that's that's what I've got going on. Uh, you know, that's always a good time. What, what's going on in your life? What you got going on? Uh, working, <laughs> working, working, man. Um, and then trying to take care of myself, too. Actually, uh, right when COVID hit is when I got into running. And I don't know what has got into me, but I just love to run now or I always hated it. So I, uh, I've been working. I've been trying to what they call road work, trying to get these miles in. Taking care of my son, man, living life. Uh, right now is uh, OTC. It's the Offshore Technology Conference. They do it every year down at NRG where the Houston Texans play. And it's one of the largest oil shows in the world. Um, of course, it's a shell of its former self because of all the COVID restrictions and travel restrictions. They they weren't got, giving out any like free passes to go walk around. It's probably only got 20% of the booths that, you know, to years prior. But I've been going up there every day and it's kind of been cool seeing old friends and talking to different companies. I just like to get out and talk to people in my industry and 
Um, it's fun, man. A lot of people dread OTC. Uh, <laughs> I love it. You get dressed up and you walk around. There's like free like food everywhere and it, it, food trucks outside. It's a fun time. So that's what I've been yeah, up dude. to, man. Well, that's cool. You know, I, I noticed that like the on your uh, Facebook stories that you put up that there's a lot of like robot automated technology with all that stuff with the with the uh, the events that you were just participating in. And, you know, that kind of reminded me of like kind of where we're going with, you know, automation and robot technologies and how they're kind of taking over, which kind of led me into thinking about how like everybody's in the we're in these wage hikes now. Like so we want to go from you know, seven bucks an hour to 15 bucks an hour. And, you know, I, I saw some stories about that recently. And I noticed that people were complaining so much at the McDonald's drive through the employees were, and then they were just were not showing up. So they were asking for 15 bucks an hour. And then just basically they, they got what they wanted. McDonald's said, okay, and showing up for work. So McDonald's was like, all right, fine, bet, watch this. So McDonald's started putting in, automated drive-through systems like robots basically taking your order. Hmm. So, you know, I, I, I was kind of watching your, your Facebook stories and all the technologies that you, you were experiencing there. And I was thinking in my mind, I was like, what kind of positions can our generation people in their mid thirties and above, what can we do to like kind of our resume and make sure we get into positions where your job cannot be replaced by a, a robot? You know what I'm saying? interesting question and and topic there is a lot of automation now and robots are being used more and more actually our foundry where we manufacture you know our pumps and pump parts it's like 70 percent automated um so that that is the direction that the world is going in because labor is getting more expensive it's kind of like that whole catch-22 you know people are fighting for a higher minimum wage and it happened and so the, what happens now is it kind of backfires on them a little bit because they companies, they start looking at the bottom line and they say, look, you know, now it's $15 an hour, which means I can't afford this much staff, which means I got to start looking at, um, you know, other options, robots. They can work around the clock. You just squirt a little oil in them. You get your IT programmer to set it up. And, you know, it's like a one time fee. And now you've replaced that employee. So it is a double edged sword. Yep. And again, you know, it's, it's the, you know, everything has a, you know, a positive and a negative effect. That's right. And so like I was saying, the McDonald's employees saying, Hey, we want 15 bucks an hour. And McDonald's finally said, okay, fine. And then of course people, people, nobody's ever satisfied with anything that they have. So they finally get the 15 and then they go, well, we don't want to, we don't want to come to work either. And it's like, well, <laughs> we want to work wait, remote. Right? Yeah. Like, wait, you're going to make burgers from your house. Like, how does that work? Like, <laughs> You know, so obviously McDonald's is like, all right, we'll find you're an idiot. So, you know, we'll yeah. just make this robot. And, you know, it's it's funny because a lot of people have theorized, especially uh, I think I was listening to Andrew Yang on uh, Joe Rogan. And they were talking about how the whole purpose and this is uh, my apologies if this leads into another topic accidentally. But this is where people start talking about UBI, like a universal basic income is because eventually. I think in my own opinion, I think eventually most of what we do every day is going to be automated by robots. Because if you think about it, most things that, that you see and experience every day out in your life, someone doesn't necessarily have to be in that, that role. That could be an automated position, especially like 
I noticed uh, I was traveling somewhere and I went into a gas station and gas stations are starting to have self-checkout now. Hmm. And that's, that's huge. That's new. At least. Yeah. So, you know, to me in in my world experience, anyway, I've never seen gas station self-checkout before. There's almost always been some kind of attendant. And if you think about it, you know, realistically, it kind of makes sense. Um, and it, it, I don't know, I guess it, maybe from a, like if they have to set up a fuel pump for you, like individually because you're paying cash or whatever, outside of little small things like that. I mean, you can kind of see where that makes sense, um, but I feel like that's where it's all headed. So, you know, it, our generation really has to start thinking about what can I do? What can I get my education in? What can I focus right. on that cannot be replaced? And it's, it's kind of fun. Like I, I challenge you. And I challenge everybody out there listening to this podcast, when you get home tonight, go sit down with a piece of paper and write down as many jobs as you can think of that could never possibly be replaced by a robot. I'd be curious to see what people come up with. Yeah, that's, that's cool. And uh, the way I've always thought about it, you know, I, I used to work some of these fast food jobs, but I've never thought like, man, the government should step in and raise minimum wage. I, that really never crossed my mind because I always thought, well, if I want more money, then I'm not going to get it working at Schlotsky's making sandwiches unless I work my ass off, get into management, then maybe become a regional manager and then work my way up that way. Like I've never thought the government should come in and do this for me. I've always thought, well, it's the United States of America. If I work hard, I'll make more money. Like that is the name of the game. Uh, I, I don't know. <laughs> that was just always yeah. my mentality. You want more money? Go get it. It's not like right. you are uh, stuck in Afghanistan and, you know, or some communist nation. No, we're in the U.S. The money's out there. You just got to go get it. Right. Go get it. The money's Amen there. To that, man. Amen to that. Well, I can tell you one place that will never be subjected to automation is Wigwam Village. <laughs> yeah, there's no replacing Wigwam Village. Let, let's tell them what, what Wigwam Village is. All right. So Wigwam Village is in Cave City, Kentucky, and it was built somewhere in the 1930s, somewhere around 1937. And it is basically uh, so back in the, you know, in the 40s, 50s and 60s, everybody, there was a whole surge across the country of people wanting to get out and road trip. That's what Route 66 was all about. People were expanding out in the West so you know, the, the West was trying to attract people from the Midwest and the East to, hey, come out here and see what's going on. See America, you know, go explore, do this, do that with your families. And so Wigwam Village was a part of all that kind of uh, economic expansion in, huh. into the West. And and so these basically, I don't know who came up with it first, but <laughs> if you're if you're a woke person, it's super cultural appropriation because it's all Native American teepees. <laughs> I'm, surprised somebody, I'm surprised somebody hasn't said anything about that yet. Dude, but, that's uh, going to be like there's a cancel wigwam like movement. Right, right. Yeah, the guy's <laughs> going to be calling me. Thanks a lot, asshole. You know, nobody was paying any attention to us. I was trying you to plug you, me. man. Right. I'm trying to hook you up. But uh, yeah, so for everybody out there who's never been to a wigwam village, I highly, highly recommend that you go check them out. It's just a weird kind of throwback to, you know, the mid-century modern times. And, and, and you know, so basically there, there's a, a village, that's what it is, of teepee rooms. Teepees. Yeah, that's what they are. They're concrete you, instead teepees. Instead of staying in a hotel room, you rent out a teepee. Yeah. So 
my parents got this really great idea that they would take myself and, and Michael here on a little road trip to Cave City, Kentucky, and take us to Wigwam Village, which we also went to the Lincoln uh, Monument there in um, – oh, I can never remember the name of that city. But the, his boyhood home, we went and checked that out. Oh, and yeah, yeah, we, yeah. We're now, yeah, so this is the 90s, y'all. So Michael and I had rollerblades. And my mom got a really good picture of us rollerblading down this national monument, like down the concrete. And people were watching us and like, who is watching these children? Like, you know, because we were just like, Woo! like cruising down this thing. And mom got a good picture of it. Um, and then, of course, we rollerbladed all around Wigwam Village, too. But that doesn't even begin to en encapsulate the shenanigans that we caused there. But we'll get there. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, Wigwam, man, like that'll never be automated. No, never. No, cannot be duplicated or recreated. That was some of the funnest times ever. Been and like uh, Andrew said, definitely. If you guys haven't done anything like that, take a road trip, stay at a wigwam village. It's just really, really cool. Um, you know, a little outside the norm. It's like when me and my mom went to uh, Chattanooga for a karate tournament. We stayed in a train car. It's just like these little things that you remember forever. I like. I don't remember every hotel room I ever stayed in. But I remember sleeping in a train car. That one was actually pretty awful. The AC thing leaked all night and there was bugs. But well, and, and actually, now that I think about the, the TP was kind of messed up, too. So, Dude, that, hey, that place was. These places uh, have my, character and you remember yes. them. Yes. Dude, my, my apologies to Wigwam Village folks. I seriously doubt they're listening to our podcast. But if they are. My apologies for what we're getting ready to say, but that place was a shit show. It was a shit show before we got there. It was a bigger shit show after we left. So Michael and I arrived at, at our TP, quote unquote, and uh, just sounds immediately we arrived immediately, at our TP at high noon. <laughs> our TP, yeah, right. <laughs> so we immediately like try to open the door, and we can't get the freaking door open. So Mike's like. Mike, I mean, you and I were notorious for coming up with really on-the-spot great ideas, right? Yeah. So Michael's cool. like, Michael's like, hey, stand in front of the door, and I'm gonna back up and run into you, and maybe it'll dislodge it, right? Yeah. So I'm like, of course, why wouldn't we do that? That makes sense. So I stand in front of the door, and you come barreling into me as hard and as fast as you can, and we break the fucking door. <laughs> and we had like the been first there. thing. We had been there five one minutes. Foot. In the door, not one foot in Hadn't the door. Hadn't been there five minutes, and we break the, the front door. So then we come inside, and we're looking around, and we're like, wow, this is not awesome. Like, there's just a, a bed on one side of the teepee and another bed on the other side with a little ceiling fan and, like, a little shitty, like, circa 1950s, like, television. So, like, we, you know, of course, you know, we're, like, two baboon idiots, you know. So we're, like, ooh, 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 ha, ha, like, walking around the room, like, looking for things that we can destroy. So... I literally went to go push the on button for the TV and the fucking thing fell over off the stand. And then the screen went green. Oh, yeah. The screen and went completely I, green. Yeah. And you and I are so dumb. We were just like, well, we're not going to pick it back up because that's ridiculous. So we just laid. Yeah. So we just laid on the beds and put our heads backwards, like off the bed and watch the TV upside down. Yeah. Cause it fell upside down. So instead of fixing yeah. that, we're like, well, we'll just lay upside down and watch the green TV. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. 
Yeah, and then so then I'm like, well, I gotta go to the bathroom. And I know all this sounds made up to you guys. I swear to God, it's not. This is all true, hundred percent true. Yeah. So I'm like, all right, well, I'm gonna go to the bathroom. I go to open the bathroom door, and the doorknob falls door off on <laughs> my side right off. <laughs> and the other side, which I don't even know how that's possible. It fell off on both sides. So we were both like, all right, well, I guess we just won't go to the bathroom while we're here. That's fine, no big deal. <laughs> um, so then I think at that point we realized like what a truly what a shit show this room really was. So we're like, hey, you know what? Let's make it worse. So we had chocolate with us, and we were like, let's see what chocolate does when you put it on a ceiling fan and turn it up to its highest setting. I know for those of you sitting out there, you're probably like, how completely freaking stupid are you two? Yes. <laughs> Yes. The answer is yes. Uh, so we get up. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. So we took chocolate pieces. I think it was Hershey Kisses, right? I couldn't tell you. And we put them on every blade. And yeah. then we turned it up to its highest setting on the fan. <laughs> and it just went. Pew, pew, pew. And you could hear chocolate like flying all over, sticking against the walls, landing against things. Oh and, you gosh. know, this this went on for, you know, the whole the whole night. And, you know, of course we went, <laughs> the best part was the next day when we went to check out. And I remember, I remember standing in the manager's office with mom and Jim and Jim was just looking at me like, I, I, I would like to disown you. Uh, uh, <laughs> We're holding our heads down in shame. Yeah. Yes. And the guy was like, well, what was wrong with the room? And mom was like, well, my boys uh, tried to open the door and the door fell off the hinges and then the TV fell off the stand when they tried to turn it on and they couldn't get into the bathroom. And somebody, we don't know when, had flung chocolate all over the room. Like there must have been a Native American yeah. spirit in the TP that <laughs> evening because Very we upset. certainly didn't knock the TV yeah. off and break both doors. <laughs> but, I mean, look at us. Would we do something no, like that? No, 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 no. This was a Comanche war chief spirit right, yeah. lingering. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah so that that was fun uh so yeah again if you guys ever get a chance to take your children to the wigwam villages uh do it because it's 100 percent worth it and again it's one of those things that you can never automate because it's a concrete teepee out in the middle of nowhere kentucky yeah so yeah that, that was fun man that was fun shout out to your it mom was. and jim for taking us on these adventures that we proceeded to ruin destroyed every freaking time man yeah but you know the, it was the 90s man the 90s was a you know it was just a different time I, I find myself the older i get having to explain that to people more and more is like hey you got to understand that was the 90s it's just what we did and you know that kind of that kind of reminds me of of you know like movies that we used to watch more specifically like karate movies and i started thinking about like karate movies that i've watched as a kid and maybe some that i wasn't supposed to but i did anyway and then I started thinking about, like, what is my favorite, like, all-time karate movies? And so I wrote them down and I made a list. Ooh, got a list. Let's hear yeah, it. Man. I love right, 90s. So Dude, 90s movies were awesome. Uh, last night, so I'm ashamed to say I've never seen Predator. And so last night I made dinner and I watched Predator. I think that might have been late 80s. But, you know, you know what we mean. Like, 90s yeah. movies were the shit. And uh, 90s, like, karate movies were badass. So I, I'm interested to hear what you got. All right, so number one, straight out the gate, uh, you know, of course, in all things, opinions, someone may strongly disagree with me. I don't care. This is my list. Best of the best. Oh, number best one. Best of the best. 
Bro, yes. that is a good movie. I like yes. that one. I'd actually yep. kind of forgot about Best of the Best. See, now I'm on a 90s kick. I may go back and, and rewatch some of these Dude. and I might start with that. That's a, it was the American That's like a, kickboxing Eric, team, correct? Yep. It's uh, Eric Roberts. That's um, right. That's right. Uh, oh, crap. What's the, uh, what's the, heavy other than Eric guy? Roberts, I probably could not tell you who's in that, but I, re I remember um, the, the basis of the movie. The coach, the coach is a, a big name. Um, uh, he, he played uh he played um the the king in um coming to america oh 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 um he played eddie murphy's dad let's see here that's um james uh, earl jones james yes, earl jones. yes 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 Dang, I forgot he was in that he's the coach yeah yes yes oh, snap so that's that's my number one my number two uh and you know what's funny about my number two is I'm going to preface this by saying when these movies were out, I actually did not like them. I have since in my late thirties developed an absolute, like almost obsession with the karate kid trilogy. Oh, now, okay. Notice I said, no, notice I said trilogy. I yeah. didn't say all the karate kid movies. I said just the first three. The first uh, three. Yeah, specifically. The I love the first three, man. And you know, when I was, when I was younger, it was lost on me that, and I'm sorry if this sounds a little corny or cheesy, but Mr. Miyagi really was trying to make Daniel not only a, a good martial artist, but just kind of just be a better person in general. You know what I mean? And when you're when you're 14, you're like, oh, this is dumb. Like, you know, all this wax off, wax off, like nobody cares. But when you're in your 30s, the, the spirituality of it all and, and the sincerity of what Mr. Miyagi was starting to teach Daniel-san, like, was lost on me as a kid. But as an adult, I'm like, this is great. Like he yeah. was really trying to give him like tools, not just to be a good martial artist, but be a better person. You know what I mean? I know that's corny, but you know, love the karate kid trilogies, man. Just love Bro. Them. It had like the opposite effect on me when I was a kid watching karate kid. I was fascinated. I was like really? walking through my neighborhood, trying to find an old Korean man that would coach me and teach me <laughs> right? karate. I'm right. like, I want to find a Mr. Miyagi. Right, like, man. I'll just do karate by myself in the basement. But I, I loved them, man. Like, and then, uh, yeah, when Cobra Kai came out on Netflix, I went back and and rewatched the Karate Kids, and was like, God, yes. these were good, man. Yes, and that's a great series too, because I think a lot of us felt like we didn't get closure. You know, yeah. it's just because there was like a twenty year span from you know the last Karate Kid to you know the Netflix and the show, and it was like, oh my God, they're all still alive, and oh my God, did. The guy who played Daniel LaRusso looks like exactly like he did in 1987. And uh, you know what I mean? It's just, it's crazy, man, that they're all still alive and kicking. So that's a uh, Ralph um, Ma Macchio or Macchio. Ralph Macchio. Yeah. I, I think he looks way different. He was kind of like, like um, as a teenager, he's like a cute kid, but as an adult, man, I think he looks a little rough. You think? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I don't yeah. think he aged well, man. He looks kind of strange. Yeah. But it's just weird that they're all like, I thought most of I will obviously Mr. Miyagi died. But, uh, you know, everybody else is still alive, and that's just, I don't know, that's wild to me. Uh, the next one I had on there was Game of Death. You cannot, in my opinion, and again, this is just my opinion, you can't have a karate list or a martial arts movie list without mentioning Bruce Lee. It's, it's sacrilege. You can't do it. You um, can't do it. Although I've never um, seen Game of Death. Oh, dude, it's great. That's got a Kimolaja one, man, the basketball player. What? So, yeah. So, on Game of Death, I wrote Wait, are you sure? It might be Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. Is that it? Yeah. Oh crap! My bad. 
You're right. I'm just because you said well, okay, death, and I, I've never up. heard of it, so I was just look because I was looking up uh, Karate you're Kid. I was up? Like, well, let, me, let me look uh, this dude, one up you're, too. You're you're our Jamie man. You're you're the man. I'm young Jamie over here. You are, dude. You're turning up. You're keeping us honest. But uh, yeah, so Game of Death, I, in, in my notes, I wrote versatility of Bruce Lee. And the reason why I say that is because if you've, if you got to go watch the movie now. So he has to, he starts at the basement level of a fighter and goes all the way to the attic, which the attic, I'm pretty sure, is um, the guy you just said. What was his name again? Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. Kareem jabbar yeah. He has to, he's the top level guy. And each fighter has his own kind of isms. You know, one guy's a, a drunken boxing. Another guy's like uh, Kung Fu. Another guy's like, uh, you know, Japanese karate. And so he has to, it basically, that whole movie is the underpinnings, the, the beginnings, the basic structure of MMA. Because he has to, and one guy, he has to use nunchucks. And another guy, he has to use a, a stick. Another guy, it's uh, uh, judo. You know what I mean? So it's like, he's, he's and it, as he goes up and up and up and up, he's becoming better and better just in general as an overall, overall fighter. It's wild, dude. It's really good. Check that out. Yeah. Um, but, um, but yeah, next one I've got is the kill bill series. Okay. And this is maybe bad, but I have not seen kill bill. Oh dude, you've got so much homework, man. Yeah. There's too many movies out there. There is, there is too much, man. It is too much. But the reason why I like the kill bill there is, man, there's too much and not enough time to do it all. Uh, unless we go back into lockdowns again, like we talked about in the last show, but <laughs> dude, Kill Bill is is on a different level. Uh, you know, uh, you know, it's it's women martial artists, which is there's just not a lot of that. If you go back through all of the martial arts movies over the last twenty or thirty years, it's probably ninety eight percent male. Yeah, good. So point. this is uh, this is strictly mostly all female, and dude, it's it's gnarly, man. Like all it's right, just I'll wild. Check it out. It's Quentin Tarantino. I love Quentin Tarantino. Oh, dude, yeah. Almost everything he does is he just doesn't miss. Um, Next one I got is Rumble in the Bronx. And in my notes, I put does his own stunts and he's fun to watch. Oh, yeah. Is that that's Jackie Chan, right? Yep. Yep. Yeah, he's he's the man, dude. Jackie Chan is the man. Rumble in the Bronx was great, dude. So one of the things that I want to do about, you know, the the martial arts movies is for everybody out there who hasn't maybe paid attention to the other episodes. Michael's been in martial arts pretty much his whole life. So from your kind of more expertise, certainly more than mine, what, what do you think about, what do you think about some of the movies I just named off, like from a, from an actual martial artist perspective? And then what, what are some of the ones that you think from an actual martial artist perspective? What do you think about like the martial arts movies, knowing that you've actually done it? Well, uh, some of the nineties ones got like very outlandish and they, cause it depends when we talk about martial arts movies. Are we talking about like actual tournaments or are we talking about ninja stuff? Cause you know, right. Jackie Chan and Bruce Lee are, are doing his ninja stuff with weaponry bows and size and nunchucks and things like that. But as far as like authentic uh, tournament style karate or Taekwondo, I mean, karate kid uh, as outlandish as it is. I mean, the basis of it was pretty true. He's, he's training for a tournament, kind of like best of the best. These people are training for a tournament. And that was what I was used to is tournament training. You know, you go and it's a point system. I mean, sometimes karate, like even I cringe at it, watching it in the Olympics because you can't hit too hard. You're not really supposed to punch in the face. It's like very point based. And unlike 
like UFC MMA where you go five minute rounds or three minute rounds in tournament style, karate, taekwondo, kumate. After you score a point, it stops. The action stops, you back up, and then you go again. So, you know, a lot of these uh, were similar. Like you see that in Karate Kid. When he scores a point, they stop, and then they and they start back. But as far as like authenticity, there's a show on Netflix called Kingdom where uh, it's got Frank Grillo, and he owns a gym, and he's training these MMA guys for tournaments. Uh, I think the, the movie Warrior, of course, these aren't 90s, but uh, the movie Warrior was pretty authentic. The guy is an ex-UFC fighter, and he works his way up through the ranks of a tournament, ends up having to fight his own brother. So that's a badass movie. But uh, one of my ones that I really liked back in the day was Bloodsport, you know, tournament yeah. style, but they weren't stopping after you score a point. I mean, that was is what it was. It was Bloodsport. They, uh, they fought to the blood. And I, I always thought Jean-Claude Van Damme was like the ultimate badass. Of course, later in life, you look back and you realize that the real badass was like Chuck Norris. Um, he was the, the most decorated, like actual martial artist. Jean-Claude Van Damme did have a kickboxing record and he was pretty good, but he claimed to be a lot of things that he wasn't like a Brazilian champion. And I think they they proved that he was not. Um, or, or maybe it was a some sort of a kickboxing. I can't remember what country, but anyways, he was from Brussels, but he did a lot of yeah. kickboxing tournaments. Either way, Chuck Norris was the most decorated. You had Steven Seagal, who he did do a lot of things in Aikido, put Aikido on the map. Uh, but I always thought Jean-Claude was like probably the best as far as like action hero. And I love blood sport, man. No list is complete without that. Yeah, I definitely got blood blood sport on my list, and under that, I put cool story because it is an yeah. actual true story of Frank. What was his name? Let's see here. I know it was Frank. Frank Good call on Frank, that. Um, is that a true uh, story? Really? I think so. Yeah the the guy the the guy Frank. I can, again, I can't remember his last name. He claimed that he actually participated in a real off the books kumite. And that is what the whole movie is based around. It's his so life. US Frank, Frank, Frank Dew. Dew. Frank Dew. D-U-X. Dew. Dew, uh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. But yeah, so it's supposedly based on uh, true events. That's that's the way, I, I don't know. Speaking of which, did you like, <laughs> you watched in the uh, Olympics. So I think it was the Kumite and it was the finals. And I don't, I don't know the guy's names, but it was the guy from Iran and the guy from Saudi Arabia in the finals. And the guy from Iran kind of leans in and gets uh, kicked right in the face and it knocks him out completely. Like he's out. So this uh, Saudi guy is jumping up and down like, man, I just won the gold medal, you know, knockout victory. And then they're like, no, you're disqualified. The Iranian guy that's unconscious over there is actually the gold medalist. And I'm like, Dude, that just sucks, man. And I get it. Like, it's an Olympic sport. It's all about the sport. They're trying to protect the athletes. I understand that. But we're talking about martial arts, man. If you lean in and you get kicked in the face and knocked out, that's on you. You're not supposed to go home with the gold medal. Right. You know, right. Stouty won that one, man. Come on. Yeah. And it's, you know, it kind of sets a bad precedence for the martial arts world anyway because – like, like you just said, like let's say you're a teenager and you want to get into martial arts and you go to a school and you're like, hey, you know, could I actually use this in a real fight? And the, the, the you know, the 
instructor's like, well, just don't kick anybody in the face because that's not cool. We don't do that. And if you do, like, don't do it too hard. It's like, what? Yeah. I thought that was the whole Wait, what? point of this. Yeah, I thought I was supposed to be defending myself. And they're like, well, I mean, you know, just, you know. Well, that's why anybody. when you're a yeah. kid, karate and taekwondo are good to take. It, it teaches yeah. you a lot about self-discipline and you have to memorize these forms or they call them katas. You have to memorize those. And that's how you advance in the, in the belt ranking. But when you get older, you want more like violence in real world, like tactical training, which is why people get into like Muay Thai, boxing, jujitsu, the real deal. But I do still support when you're a kid, you're growing up, Taekwondo, karate, Kumite. These are good. They're sports. They're sports. For sure, man. Versus and, real know, world. Teaching, yeah. And again, teaching kids values, which goes all the way back to the Mr. Miyagi and, and the uh, exactly. you know, karate kids stuff. You know, teaching somebody that, you know, it's good to fight all the way up until you know that you have, uh, you know, made your opponent stop doing whatever it is that they were trying to do, whether it's real world or tournament. Obviously, you're trying to gain those points, but you want to land the points. You don't want to kill your opponent. <laughs> uh, you know, it's so, you know, necessarily, but you know, you, you still want to, the, the training that you've been taught and apply it correctly, but you also don't want to go over the top and like, you know, split their skull or anything like that. But, and then, so, you know, with the whole Olympics thing, like you said, I get it. It's, it's, you know, it's all about sportsmanship and, and you know, doing the right thing, but also it's martial arts. It's not a tickling competition. Like <clears throat> why, why are we giving gold to the guy that's laying on the mat that he's not even conscious? Right. Like dude. that's what I can't like, figure out. Yeah. Like he, he clearly lost. Like if that was a street fight, if that was a street fight, would you give the gold medal to the dude that can't get up? Absolutely not. You know? So, I mean, it's like at it, the very essence of, of what martial arts is, which I know it's not supposed to be for offense. It's supposed to be for defense, but nonetheless, it, one guy, they both trained. And, you know, train their asses off to get there. They both have been given the same similar opportunities. Like you said, dude leaned in. He made a mistake. He paid for it. And he still wins. Yeah. Can you imagine right. his grandkids like, you got a gold medal? Well, how did you get it? What was the, what did you finish the fight with? I got my uh, ass knocked out. It was a front I kick got to my the face. Bad ass. No, it was out. to my face. Oh, yeah. oh, to your yeah. face. <laughs> yeah. And that's how you won the gold medal? Uh, yes, son. That's fighting. Uh, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, it's it's really quite interesting. I uh, I feel like I slept through most of the uh, match because uh, you know well, I was you should out. see his foot. You should see the yeah, other right. guy. Yeah, sure, it's bruised. What, a, what an amazing foot he had. But uh, yeah, <laughs> you know, just but again, it's it's you know it's it's getting into the whole like society of how we everybody gets a participation medal. You know, it's like dude, you can't give out a medal for eighth place. You know what mm -hmm. I mean? Like, and, and that's what we're kind of we're becoming those people now where it's like, Hey, but you know, I could almost hear the judges at the Olympics being like, well, he tried really hard. <laughs> like, okay. I thought we were supposed to award the guy that like actually didn't just try, but did, mm -hmm. you know, it's like, it's like uh, Yoda said, don't, you know, there is no try, try only do. Yeah. Do. do. You know? So now we're, I guess we're, we're uh, rewarding the triers and yeah. for the doers, it's like, sorry, bro. Sorry. Yep. Don't know what to tell you. And then uh, they also give out medals now for forms like the katas. This is mm -hmm. basically a choreographed um, set of moves, like I was saying that you do to get to the belt rankings. Well, I didn't know that this was an Olympic sport. 
they're giving medals for for forms and i'm like that's, that's like giving out a medal for the best shadow boxer like, right <laughs> okay i see you can shadow box now let's see what you do in a ring i don't know man it's like i said it's separating sport from actual fighting because you play badminton you play ping pong you don't play fighting you it's right. like a real deal so but i knew i knew we were all screwed when las vegas started holding uh championship tournaments for air guitar <laughs> and that's that's not that's made up dude. Point, dude it's not made up go look it up there are legit legitimate tournaments where someone will fly you out to las vegas and you will get up on stage oh, wow. and pretend you're playing a freaking air guitar in front of two thousand people dude you'd kill it man i can play one hell of an air guitar man i swear right. i've heard you. i'm one I've of the best you. I know. I've You've heard, heard me. You. <laughs> <laughs> I've heard you fly me out, dude. Suck, I will man. shred on that right. guitar. Yeah. So, and then, can you imagine? Can you imagine? This is where our our people are going to be like a hundred years from now. Like when I was growing up as a kid, I'd go look at my grandfather's war medals, and he'd be like, "Oh yeah, I uh, jumped out of an airplane that was on fire after I shot down fifteen Nazi aircraft," and I'd be like, "Oh, that's cool." Well. I won the 2017 Air Guitar Championship in Las Vegas. What you got on that, son? Nothing. You ain't nothing, Grandpa. Nothing. You can't play one chord on the Air Guitar, Grandpa. Right. Not right. one. Not one. Your war so stories. This is, this is where we are. Boy, oh boy. It's a sad situation. Well, man, we are uh, we're at 45 minutes. What do you we think? We wrap? Yeah, man, we'll go ahead and wrap. I think we got pretty much through everything that we wanted to do. Uh, today was a great chat. I had a great time. Hell yeah, uh, man. This is one of my favorite episodes already. Hell yeah, man. Well, you know, the whole martial arts thing, that's, you know, that, that I love that. I love sitting around Me talking too. about keeping the keeping the 90s alive and, and talking about, you know, the things that were and, and how great times were. And, you know, there's going to be a lot of people that are going to be able to relate to that. So I had a blast. I appreciate you powering through with me uh, on the on the vids. And, you man, uh, shit, dude, I, great. I feel great. You've got COVID and still did the podcast. Like my hats off to you, bro. I appreciate that, man. Well, guys, thank you so much for joining us on the Midway to Houston podcast. This has been a blast. We're gonna try to knock out more content as soon as possible. We love all of you. Peace out. Holla. Thank you.